What happens when you fail, especially when everything you've done up to this point in your life should have led you to success? This is exactly what I will be discussing and answering today with my guest, Clinton Harmon. Clinton is sharing with us today his deeply personal story where he was forced to look deep within his soul to answer these exact questions. The results are his recently published book, Chopping Down the Tree of Knowledge. And to quote Clinton from his Amazon review, he writes, Failing is a part of life, but continuing failures and chasing dreams that never come to fruition is not. The answers as to why successes and often happiness seem so elusive is where the journey of this written stream of consciousness takes us. Be sure and listen all the way to the end because Clinton reveals exactly where the journey does take you. Welcome to another episode of the Be Well, Be Safe, Be Happy, Eat Ice Cream podcast. The podcast all about inspiring you to live a happy, healthy, and purpose-driven life. Well... Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Be Well, Be Safe, Be Happy, Eat Ice Cream podcast. I'm your host, Brad, and I get so excited because I get to meet the neatest people from all over the world. And today I have with us Clinton Harmon. Clinton, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. And how are you doing? I'm well, and thank you for having me, Brad. I really appreciate this. Yeah, well, absolutely. I, I get so passionate about meeting like-minded people from, from all walks of life and and mm-hmm. universe, I don't know, whatever we want to call it, has brought our paths together. And we were just talking off screen a little bit about some of the commonalities that we share, but yeah. you've been you've been writing a series of posts uh, on some of the different Facebook groups where we connected about this idea of mindset and things like this. And this ultimately led to what I see you published a book and that's what I want to focus on today. You've written a book and it's very interesting. It's called, I want to get the title here. It's called chopping down the tree of knowledge. I absolutely love that title. I don't know what it means, but I'm excited to hear you explain to us what that means. So Clinton, I've talked a lot. I'm going to turn it over to you, but tell us about your book, what it's about, why you wrote it. And then, yeah, what does that title mean? Okay. We'll start with the title. Uh, So chopping down the tree of knowledge is taken from the true knowledge, um, you know, in, in, from the biblical aspect in Eden. Um, and, and where, where it came from was, um, the, the title actually came later. Um, because this, um, when the, when the book was finished, I realized that was it. it, I mean, I just knew that that was the title. Um, I didn't really know what this book was going to be when I started. So I have to give a little background, um, on, um, so what I tell people when they ask me what the book is about, it's it's really about um, our belief systems, how and how we fail, and <clears throat> how they fail us, okay. and how God pl- and how God plays into that into that role. Um, because I am I am a Christian, so I, and I'm not I don't belong to an organized church. Um, I just have my own, and a lot of what this book is some of what this book is about sort of delves into that and why. But the um, um, <clears throat> I found myself um, at I'm 54 and I found myself at the age of 50 having worked um, my entire adult life um, and doing what I believe to be the right things you now um, in life, uh, trying to do what I felt was right by God and what I felt was right by my conscience. Um, and, and, and I had made these uh, I, I had failed to, to get to where I wanted to be. Um, and, and I feel like I started out with the right, um, with the right notions that anything worth having is worth sacrificing and patience 
and these things. Real so, quick, let me jump. So, failed to where you wanted to. Where where did you want to be then? So at this, so I had so my all time goal, my dream was to be able to make a living without as a writer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where I could just do that every day um, and raise my family and be able that that was my dream um, from the time that I was young. Um, and I never expected that to be easy or to, uh, to be something that was handed to me. I knew that it would be a lot of hard work and I knew that it would be time. But what, what I had not realized as that, as I was working towards this and moving forward, time was passing. And before I realized it, all this time. We'll take a short break from the podcast to hear this message about my new online community, Rediscover You. The one thing that we all have in common is that we all want to live the best possible life. We all yearn to find our purpose in life, to live that life of passion and fulfillment, and rediscover who we really are. The truth is, most of us don't know how to do this, and we don't know how to get out of our own way. Our mindsets, fears, insecurities, and self-doubts prevents us from reaching our full potential. If you are someone who yearns to break through and rediscover your authentic self, find your purpose, and live that life of fulfillment, then join my new online community, Rediscover You. Rediscover You is helping people just like you explore their passions, find their purpose, rediscover their authentic self, and live their best life. Inside Rediscover You, you will learn the tools, skills, and strategies that I have implemented in my own life, as well as with many of the clients I have worked with, to help them rediscover their authentic self, find their purpose, and live their best life. From understanding your purpose, to knowing who you are, or what you want your life to be about, you will get it all inside Rediscover You. Join me inside the Rediscover You community. Now back to our podcast. I'm in past, and uh, and and any belief system of mine is based in 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 faith. Okay, and let me explain a little bit about the faith, the belief systems, or how what I believe they are, and then that sort of that will fill in the gaps here. I think. So from the time, uh, and and these are just my beliefs that I talk about in the book. Mm-hmm. But from the time that we're we're born, we're imprinted upon by our parents and grandparents and um, teachers and clergy and so forth. By the time we become teenagers, we have formulated the basis for this belief system that, that we will use to make the decisions for the rest of our lives. We mm-hmm. kind of have our foundation there. Now, we'll tweak it a little bit along the way with learning experiences and different things, but the basis of it is there. Mm-hmm. So if you're raised, you know, as I was in a, in a Christian or Catholic faith, um, what you're taught in that and what your parents teach you and so forth and what they say to you, um, you take those and they become part of that belief system. <clears throat> So that's how I lived. That's how I made all the decisions in my life. I made based on that. Um, always believing that things that I had been told and things that um, that I believed God would do and could do were absolutely 100% true. Okay, I, that's that. Uh, I'm a little bit like a dog with a bone. So when I get something, I don't I don't like to let it go. But th- that's how I lived. Um, and so what I began to figure out along the way. <clears throat> uh, is that things weren't happening the way that that I thought they should, or or and and I and it became this um, when you don't really have anyone else to blame, you blame yourself, or at least I did. I blame myself and I blame God, 
because I had put my faith in the things that I believed God would do. And those things just simply were not happening. Uh, that's not to say that there weren't blessings and different things along the way, but there weren't what I had really wanted and what he, what I knew or what I, I mean, I knew he knew what I wanted. I prayed for it. So I believed in it. Right. Um, I worked for it and sacrificed for it. So why weren't they coming true? Um, and, 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 and I talk more about this in the book, but clearly decisions that you make affect things. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're breaking the laws or doing different things or using drugs or whatever, those mm -hmm. things are going to affect it. Right. But, but for some, but I, I felt like I didn't, I hadn't done those things. I felt like I had always tried to do the right thing. <clears throat> and so, but as I worked through my career, um, and had different things, um, I had, I'd, I'd been able to make money, but I had never really been able to get to what I felt like was a successful point in my life, which is a mindset of my own. Okay. I ended up, uh, <clears throat> uh, ended up, I found myself at, <clears throat> at 49 in a situation where I had, I owned a newspaper in Manford that I had sacrificed everything I had for it, made everything for it. Um, I had, uh, I had worked 70 to 80 hours a week working another job to get it off the ground. I put everything I had into it and I built it from, from nothing. I had no investors and, um, and I made it, I, I made it successful. And um, <clears throat> because I wasn't willing to sacrifice my morals and what I believed to be right. Um, and let's just say play a game that I didn't feel was right. I was attacked by city officials. I was attacked by those people that were in power. They came after me. And um, politics. I know the story. Very yeah, I, I know they, exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> so so they came after me and, and I simply and I, and I fought that for a long time. And eventually I got to a point where um, there there was no joy. There was no enjoyment. They had come after some, they had come after, let's just say my livelihood. And, and it, 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 it devastated me. They put me in a situation where I could no longer make a living with what I had built. So um, the anger of what had happened and what was happening was overwhelming to me. And I didn't know how to deal with it. Um, and so, um, and I had put everything into this. And so, I, I was, I felt like, like I was just kind of out in the cold, if you will. And, uh, <clears throat> and so I ended up shutting it down and, uh, and basically having to start again. Um, and, <clears throat> and I could not, I just could not reconcile the fact that I felt like I had done the right things. And even when I was attacked, instead of doing something that I felt was immoral or wrong, I still did the right thing and I still had faith and I still lost it. Um, it's a hard pill to swallow. And I didn't know how, I didn't know how to deal with it. Uh, so what happens, life goes on. So, um, sure. I was desperately, desperately trying to find a job. And, um, and, uh, I was, I was having a hard time with that. Um, and you know, it's not, um, when you, when, you know, writing in, in, in and maybe it's this way in a lot of places, but it seems like in Oklahoma, it's very hard to get a job as a writer. It's very hard to to get a job that pays well, even harder to get one that pays well as a writer. Mm -hmm. um, even when I worked for newspapers earlier, I, at that time I was married, it took two incomes. Um, one was never enough as a writer to make a living. And that hence my why my goal. Um, and so um, so I was trying to freelance and uh, work on cars and trying to survive. And and that wasn't enough. 
And so um, I basically became further and further in a hole. Um, and I could not understand why I felt like God had abandoned me or why my faith had failed me. Uh, so uh, I ended up, I ended up uh, taking a job, a part-time job, in addition to the other things, working at a feed store. It was the only job I could find. And, and you know, I feel like, um, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, but it was a long way from where I wanted to be and a long way from where I started out to be. Um, and I just couldn't imagine that I'd ended up in this, you know, I'm, I'm lugging 50 pound bags of dog food out, you know, and I'm, I'm like, I've, I've had a career as a writer. I've interviewed all kinds, all sorts of people. I've, I mean, this was not where I, I thought I would end up, especially because I hadn't made any decisions that I felt like put me there. I uh, just tried to do what I felt was right. So I was very angry with God. And, um, and I don't want this to sound like I'm a, like I'm crazy here, but, no, no. but, uh, but I talked to God a lot. So, okay. I, I have too. A, I do too. a very open relationship with God. Um, and, uh, and sometimes that means I'm yelling. Sometimes that means I'm apologizing. I'm praying. I'm, I'm, but, um, but that, um, I, I felt like I had not heard from, from God in a while. Uh, I felt like he had done a lot to open doors for me for the newspaper to become, uh, successful, but I don't, but it was like, at some point I felt like, I felt like he quit listening or he quit talking, not listening. So, um, and the whole time that I was suffering through this and these men were attacking what I was building and, and so forth, I felt like he was silent. So I ended up, uh, I ended up, uh, basically yelling, uh, at God. And I said, I want to, I said, I, I said, whatever you do is fine. That's, you know, that's, that's your call. But I feel like you owe me an explanation because I feel like I've done the right things. Uh, and as crazy as it sounds, um, I this voice came to me and it said, I don't owe you anything. Like Job, I didn't owe him an explanation either. But you already have the answers that you're asking me for. Use the gift that I gave you to find them. The only thing that I knew to do was to write. So I'm working at this feed store. When I when I get this revelation, if you will, and um, it's 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 a country place and it's not very busy. It's a lot of downtime, right? So you know, I was um, not a lot of customers, so I had a lot of time. Um, so uh, so I started writing. I had this steady stream of of consciousness that just came out of me, and so I started typing this. So I wrote this book on my phone while I worked at the at, at the at the at the feed store. You wrote chopping down the tree of knowledge on yes. your phone while we're wow, that's incredible. On my phone. Wow. So so everything just just poured out of me and and I just um and so I wrote the entire book and uh, and I didn't intend for it to be a book. It was um it was it was a, a a quest for me to find out why things had gone the way that they had gone uh in my life and and as far as with my career. Uh, I mean there were other blessings in my life too, but uh, but for this for, you know, uh, for this particular part of, of my life, the career, I just wanted to know what had happened. Um, and I, you know, I'm not going to go into it, but I made sacrifices and different things along the way for, for what I wanted to, to happen, to happen. Um, and I felt like those, I didn't, I didn't get, they weren't rewarded, if you will. So I ended up, um, writing all this out. And what I began to realize was that there was so much that I hadn't seen. There was so much in my life that I had not that I had not noticed because of my belief system. I had completely blocked so many different other avenues out. And all of a sudden, 
everything just was was in this focus. I could I could focus. I could see it. Um, and so um, so what I did is I I asked myself as I was writing this book every hard question that I wanted to answer. And then I and then and then I would write it, and then I would the answer would would was somewhere there it would come it would come out of me. It was just there, and I was like, okay, this is crazy. Uh, and I tease people uh, when they I, I joke with them when they ask me about the book, and I say, well. When I started this book, I was really angry with God and it was all his fault. By the middle of the book, I'm like, okay, we have some shared responsibility here. By the end of the book, I'm like, okay, this is all my fault. So that was, um, and that, because that's what it felt like. It was a very cathartic, very uh, journey for me to be able to understand. But one of the things that I found out um, was that, that I, because I always felt like it was, I was doing something wrong. Like it was my fault. Right. I mean, and, and, and yet, and one of the things that I realized is that um, the fact that we are so connected in a way that we I don't think I don't think we ever think about could be the reason why so many of us suffer in so many different ways. Um, and um, and and one of the things that I started to talk about was was um, you know if you're and and I, and I want to give an example in the book so so that this is kind of kind of explains a little where I was going, where I'm going with this. Um, when I was building my newspaper, I, I was, I was working at a tubing mill and I worked 12 hour shifts and, um, and then I would work. Uh, and I did that three, three days, one week, four days, the next. And then all of my off time was working and building this newspaper. So I worked a lot of hours because that's, I, I believed in it. And it was in the winter time. It was really cold. And I mean, one of those nights, it's just really bitter cold. And I'd gotten off at six in the evening. And um, my mom had called me or had texted me and had asked me to come into uh, to her, her, uh, her mother's house and have dinner. And she said, we want to see you when you come in, you know, and I'm like, I don't want to come in. I'm really tired. And I just rather go home. And she was like, please come in. Your grandma wants to see you. I want to see you. So I said, OK, I, I gave in. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I do the right thing here. So mm -hmm. as I'm driving in, going into Cleveland, this is where she lived. There's a man walking along the highway. And it's cold. I mean, so cold. It's like that. You don't even want to walk out from the store to your car kind of cold. And as I drove by, there was a, I, I said a prayer for this guy that somebody picks him up. And this voice so clear said to me, why don't you pick him up? And it stopped me in my tracks. And I thought, why don't I pick him up? And so I stopped and I, and I, I turned around and I went and picked him up and he opened the, the door to the, to the truck. And as he got in, he reached in with his hand, like like I thought he was going to shake my hand, and he had a $20 bill in his hand. And he said, this is all I have. I'm so grateful. I've been praying to God that somebody would pick me up. And I said, I, I don't want any money. I said, I just want to give you a ride. So he gets in, and and uh, he tells me a story about him. He and his girlfriend had gotten into a fight, and she left him at this gas station that was a couple of miles, or three, three miles or something up the road. And that he had asked people to give him a ride home, and that um, that – uh, he lived with his parents. He was probably about 20, 21. And he lived with his parents, but they had one car and it was broke down. And he had no way to get home and he'd ask people for a ride. And they wouldn't. And and people were just like, nah, it's okay. Uh, and uh, and so he said, you know, I thought um, I only live about three or four miles up here or four miles up here. I don't think I could make it. And uh, but he didn't realize how, you know, biting the wind was going to be and how cold it was and how how hard it is to walk into that. And so 
he, and I will never forget this. He told me, he said, I really believe I was going to die. It's so cold. I thought I'm not going to make it home. And I will never forget this very serious look on his face when he said that to me. And, um, and so <clears throat> that was a life changing moment for me, I guess. So I took him home, um, and, um, and dropped him off and I went on to my grandmother's. I didn't really think too much of it at that, at that point. But then I, that night when I was laying in bed, I began to wonder what would have happened. What would have happened if he would have died? Whose fault would that have been? Whose responsibility was it? I mean, he told me he had been praying. Is it God's fault that he dies? Whose fault is it? Um, and that really resonated with me. I wanted to know if if I wouldn't have picked him up and he would have died and he would have frozen to death. And the next day uh, on the news, there's like, there was a man found over by Cleveland froze. Would I have even thought about it? It really struck a chord with me that, and I thought, and, and, and I didn't, it, it, it just sat with me that there's more to what I'm thinking about life, right? Although it would be years later before I would focus on it. Um, so in the book, I talk about that, that, um, that when God, that, that when God created us, he created us as siblings. It really hit me hard. He's like, and what do you do for your siblings? What are you expected to do? What are we expected as people to do? And I began to realize as I was putting this book together, that there have been people in my life that I had not helped that I should have and vice versa. And maybe the reason that I was not where I wanted to be was because God had been out and knocked on those doors for me, but those people hadn't listened and it started to come together. How many times have, have you heard people tell stories about, you know, I got this weird feeling that I needed to call somebody I hadn't spoken to in 12 years or whatever. I just felt like, and then they call that person and that person says, I'm having a really hard time. And all of a sudden, you make them feel better. And I started looking over my life, realizing all these moments where these things had happened. And I began to realize, my God, we are so connected. We're more connected than even church teaches. I think it really, it was really, uh, it was really a profound moment for me. So, and this started to really uncover in the book that, and, and so I began to, I was able to take the blame away from God and place it where it belongs. And as hard as this is for people to hear, it's our fault because we are responsible for one another. And and and, and we do it all the time. We don't listen. I mean, I, I'm I'm and I know others may not agree, but I do believe that that God speaks to us in all kinds of ways all the time. OK. And I remember I used to smoke and I remember I remember this little voice would pop into my head and it would say, you should really quit smoking. And I'd be like, ah, I don't want to hear that because I want to smoke. Well, guess what? I got sick. And when I got sick, that was and and I couldn't breathe. I put it down. I never picked up another one. But God knew that years in advance. He knew that that was going to happen. So he's trying to spare me from that. But I had a free will choice to not listen. Um, and so I will take a short break from the podcast to hear this message about my new online community, Rediscover You. The one thing that we all have in common is that we all want to live the best possible life. We all yearn to find our purpose in life, to live that life of passion and fulfillment, and rediscover who we really are. The truth is, most of us don't know how to do this, and we don't know how to get out of our own way. Our mindsets, 
fears, insecurities, and self-doubts prevents us from reaching our full potential. If you are someone who yearns to break through and rediscover your authentic self, find your purpose, and live that life of fulfillment, then join my new online community, Rediscover You. Rediscover You is helping people just like you explore their passions, find their purpose, rediscover their authentic self, and live their best life. Inside Rediscover You, you will learn the tools, skills, and strategies that I have implemented in my own life, as well as with many of the clients I have worked with, to help them rediscover their authentic self, find their purpose, and live their best life. From understanding your purpose, to knowing who you are, or what you want your life to be about, you will get it all inside Rediscover You. Join me inside the Rediscover You community. I'm really looking forward to seeing you inside there. And now back to our podcast. I began to, um, I really began to understand that, that this is not some blob of chaos that we live in. It's very well, it's very well designed, but, but I feel like, I don't know how God feels, but I would assume like God is like, I've done so much for my children. You know, I, 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 I've given them salvation. I've given them life. I've given them all these wonderful creations. It's time they do something for themselves. They need to honor their father, like I say in the commandments, and they need to, they need to, and, and you honor your parents by being good to your siblings. So maybe it's our turn. And it really hit home with me that I had done a lot of things for people that could have helped me in my life and in my career. And then I feel like that God had reached out to those people. And, but they have free will. He's not going to force them. So just like he didn't force me to give up cigarettes or he didn't force me to pick that, that, that man up on the highway. Um, and so, and then, and into that becomes, become other questions, uh, questions that I don't feel like, uh, the church really answers. Uh, I feel like, and I, and I, and so I began to tackle several things. One of another one was, you know, at least for me, when I would go to church or whenever there was a hard question to ask, the answer was always, well, you just have to have faith or God works in mysterious ways. Well, I'm sorry, but that's not good enough. That's that's how I felt. I wanted those answers. And I feel like that. I feel like that those answers are out there. Um, but I feel like God's already given us those answers. Um, so I, I, I tackled a lot of different things uh, about how we're all connected. So so that's the premise. And. But all of that started with the fact that I had a belief system, okay? And that belief system was, so I have to circle back. That belief system was that God can and God will do everything that I believe and everything that I pray for, okay? To be honest with you, that's fault. That's flawed. But to have lived that way for the majority of my adult life or all of my adult life, it's no wonder that I didn't end up where I wanted to end up. So everything... Everything after that, when I finished the book, before I even decided to publish it, everything, um, everything inside of me changed. My my thought processes, my attitude. All of a sudden, when I was no longer able to look at God so much as an enemy who wouldn't give me what I wanted and more as somebody who had given me everything but expected more from his children, everything in me began to change. And with that, my entire life changed. And I do believe that attitude and things do change. I do believe that. And I've been told that for years by other people, but I couldn't understand it and I couldn't see it until 
I could see it for myself until I had a reason why that made sense to me. So that's that. So, so that's, you know, and, um, um, everyone that, everyone that, that, that has read the book that has, has spoken to me about it. Um, they all come back with the same, there's, I need to think about, there's so much to think about. I'd never thought about it that way. And I think it's because we live in a, we live in, in a world where people, I don't know if it's because we just want, I don't know. I don't have the answer, but it's like, do we just want God to answer everything for us? Do we not really care about the answers? I don't know. But I do know that that, that writing that book changed everything in my life. And at, at, since that point, things, things in my career and things have, have taken a seriously upward trajectory. So, so what's well, the connection there? Book, is it be- your book reached number one on Amazon? So, yeah, right. It every, but nothing before that had ever, had ever really happened. I had it, like I mentioned earlier, I, I did have successes, but nothing like what I'm having now. So yes, somebody can say, well, that's just your attitude change. Okay. I will agree with that. But what, but what made that happen? An understanding of what it was before. That's what made, that's what helped. I couldn't get out of my head that God had failed me. I wasn't going to be able to move forward. And this is not a, and so it's not like I'm telling people, I'm not telling people that you should believe this or you should believe. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is look at your own belief system because maybe it's flawed, whatever it's based in, whatever it is. Maybe if you're not where you think you should be in life or where you feel like that you've worked hard to be, maybe it's not, maybe it's because it's partly our, our response, our fault as, as, as siblings. And maybe it's partly because of your belief system. And I had, so I had to uncover all of this. I had to pour all this out and then sift through it to understand it. So, so believe me when I, when I say I, a steady stream of consciousness, this was what I would consider 30 years. I mean, I really started to become serious about being a writer when I was 20. So I was 50. So that's 30 years of me really having a lot of disappointments, not having the success that I felt like I, I was working towards. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things in play. I don't get me wrong. It's not like everything is based on my own decisions. That's sort of the principle of the book or the, the is the fact is, is that you can make all the right decisions in your world and in, in your, in your life and still not end up where you want to be because other people out there are making decisions that, that are going to affect you that you don't even know about. Quentin, if you had to kind of one, one take home lesson from the book to share with our listeners, what would that, what would that be? One take home lesson from the book, one take home lesson from your story, your life to share with, with the world right now, literally this, this is going to almost 50 countries uh, once it's published. So what, okay. what, what would that be? What would that message be? That's a little, that's a little tough one. Brad. <laughs> um, start, start with I the would, book. If you could share one, one main point, one take home lesson from the book, what would it be? I would say to um, stop blaming yourself for everything in your life that goes wrong because you're not, because although you are responsible for certain things, you're not solely responsible for everything. We are siblings, each and every one of us, no matter what race, color, religion, it doesn't matter. We're all, we're all children that have a, an obligation to help each other. So help people. It doesn't matter what, whether they believe what you believe or, or they agree with what you agree with, help them anyway, because, because it makes the world a better place simply by helping somebody that makes them want to help someone else. And that's, and, and, 
If you do that, we change the world one person at a time. We change it that way. And it works. Um, that that would be what I, I want people to take from the book because I want them to be better. I want them to treat everybody like their sibling because what you do for them might not do much for you in the moment, but it can fundamentally change someone else's life. That's a major responsibility and a major accomplishment to think that you did something something small for somebody else and it significantly changed in their life for the better. That's what I want people to do. And that's what I have done. Um, it makes everything else in life go a little bit easier. It makes our own failures, our own our own shortcomings, it makes them a little bit easier because we can go to bed at night and realize and know, I made somebody's life better today. You know what? God knocked on a door. I opened that door and I helped someone. Whether it's, you know, small or, or large, it doesn't matter. It's just help somebody. Um, That's beautiful. Yeah. And I wish more people would. I'm glad we're doing this so we can get this message out to the world, especially like you said, the the community leaders and politicians and, and all of that. Yeah. Right. Much time fighting with each other and bickering. What if we put that same amount of energy as you just said into helping each other? Yeah. What a different world we would live in. Absolutely. I mean, we we changed, you know, we changed the world because we by how we treat each other and what we do. And that's that was a very important message that that I wanted to convey is that, um, you know, it's very easy to be mad at God. It's very easy to, because you because he's not right there in the room with you. He's not sitting there where you can just see him. So you can get mad and say, my life didn't turn out this way or that way. But, you know, I, uh, one thing it made me do is it made me very cognizant of the fact that there was a lot of people around me that I should be helping. A lot of people that I can do things for that better their life. And that was something that when I was inside my own head and no one worried about where I wanted to go that I could not see. Um, and, if I'm if I'm more if I'm most thankful for anything in the book, it's that self-awareness now that I have that I have a responsibility to everyone. Every every it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter if I like them. I have a responsibility to them. That's that's um because we can all hate each other, but we still we see how that works. That doesn't help. Well, it doesn't make the world a better place. Fortunately, so, it's, it's getting worse, not better, um, not just in this right. country, but around the world. You look at what's going on. So uh, for anyone yeah. listening, the book is Chopping Down the Tree of Knowledge. And Quentin, where can folks find this book or where can they reach out to you if they just want to talk with you or whatever? Do you have a website or something? I, so, I do. So so they can um, they can. Um, I have a blog at clharmon.com. They okay. can also go to uniquelahoma.com, which I'll spell that if you like. Um, and they can message me through there. Um, the books are available at at, uh, at Amazon. They're actually worldwide, so any bookstore can order them for you. Um, just go in and tell them the title. They can search it and order it for you. Um, usually, Amazon's the easiest way to go, but but yeah, you can get them anywhere if you if you want. They're available everywhere. Um, not every place will carry them, but they can always they can order them for you. Um, uh, and I. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just, I'll, I'll have you um, text me or email me or whatever those that information you just said. Not all okay. show notes. So. I will do that. And I do hope people reach out to me. I, I um I hope I I would I love to discuss the book. I love to um um I don't mind the hard questions. Um I like people if they you know um I feel like my my I want to help people. And if they have a question or they want something, you know, I want to discuss, I want to talk with them. I want to help people. Um, and, uh, and I feel like this book is really that. Um, and 
and I, I'm, you know, I'm probably not all of your followers are, 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 are following God or Christians or, or what, whatever religion they may be. But I do believe with, with how this has changed my life, that this book is divinely inspired. I never set out to write a book. Yeah, absolutely. I, I set out to, I set out to solve uh, an issue in my life and, and it did. And now I feel like that, uh, that with what's in there, I want to help. I want people to read it because I want them to help. I mean, I, I want, I want to be able to help them. Uh, not, not, not help me. I want them to help everybody else. I want them to help everyone. That's the whole, that's the, that's the message. And, and I, and I want them to understand and the book explains why they should do that because you know, I don't think we realize why they do that? real quick. Answer that real quick. Why should they do that? What's the why behind that? The why behind helping everyone else is because when you help others, you're opening a door that helps you. It's like a circle, right? So you might be on that. You might be on one side of that circle, but if you, you do something and it, and it circles back around, it will eventually circle back around and somebody that's going to do something for you at a time when you really need it or at a time or for something that you really need. And I have seen that in my own life and I've seen, and, and, and other people have, have brought, have, have spoken that to me. They've talked to me about that as well. Um, there's just something about, in fact, I was just talking to my son about this last night. It's funny um, that, that the good that you do in the world, although you don't see it, you let it go. It goes, it goes off. It always finds its way back to you and it finds its way back to you at a time um, for something, you know, when you really need or something that you really want. And I've seen it. And, and, and we were talking about it because an example of that had just happened in his life, how that works. So, so that's why people should do it. And if you want to see change in the world, if you don't like what you, if you don't like what you see, if you don't like the hate or the, whatever it is in the world that you don't like, you have free will. You have the power to change that by your very next word, your very next action. You have the right, you have the power to change that. It's really that simple. And, and that's what, you know, that's what I want people to understand. Uh, Clint, that's beautiful. I'm, I'm literally have a tear in my eye almost. I'm, I'm literally less speechless too. That's been very, some very deep, profound uh, statements. And, and thank, you. thank you for sharing your heart with us today and for coming on the show today. I deeply appreciate it. Uh, I mentioned before, we'll probably have to do a part two to this because there's a lot more we could go on, but I try to keep the show, you know, around 20, 30 minutes. So sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Clinton, thank you so much for being here. And for anyone listening, I thank you for being here also. Um, I always say at the end of every episode, please share this episode as far and wide mm -hmm. as possible. Um, wherever you listen to podcasts, please hit that subscribe button. I would really appreciate it. Leave me that five-star review. And as I say at the end of every podcast, which fits in nicely with your message today, Clinton, be well, be safe, be happy, eat ice cream. Thanks, everyone. Take care. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. This has been a production of the Be Well, Be Safe, Be Happy, Eat Ice Cream podcast. For more information on how you can work with me, my products and books, including my all-new book, The Slow Easy, A Beginner's 12-Week Guide for Getting Fit and Healthy and Running Your First 5K, visit my website at www.trainingwithcoachbrad.com. This book introduces a whole new method to being fit and healthy, something I call the slow easy. Be sure and look for that. You can also find all of my social media handles there, trainingwithcoachbrad.com. And remember, if you like what you have heard, please pay it forward by hitting the subscribe button, sharing this with a friend, and leaving me a five-star review.